0: can't always get what you want yeah have you figured that out yet I mean we're starting a new series uh, we're calling kill the unicorns and uh, you know I I think we live in a day and people are consumed with the idea of getting what they want in fact the number one pursuit is happiness in in life I I just want to be happy if I had that, I'd be happy. If that would happen for me, that things would be great in my life. If I just had X, you fill, you fill in the blank, life would be great. Fact is, we just become obsessed with it. We're, we're always one step away from happiness. And I want to suggest to you it's a unicorn. Now my point is, it's how people live life. They, they have all these studies that have been done on the kind of the topic of happiness or the secret of happiness and in his book, The, the Law of Happiness, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, he kind of shares what they found in research that it indicates that 50% of what makes you happy is your constitution. In other words, how you're naturally wired, uh, your temperament, your, your attitude. Uh, some of you have a natural bent toward happiness. You're, you're a positive person. In fact, if that's you right now, just lift your hands like you don't care, okay? All right, I mean, come on, come on, all right. Now, see, everybody's hating on you at this moment. And uh, actually, truth be known, they're kind of jealous of you. That kind of constitution, that kind of uh, attitude, is a really great quality in life, and it's natural. There's also plays into that. Your upbringing can can affect. It can affect your your attitude. It can affect your your happiness, and the way you grew up. Your upbringing can play in a good way or in a very negative way, depending on the difficulties you may have faced growing up and how they were dealt with or how you were taught to deal with them. They found out in that study that 10%, 10% of what makes a person happy is life circumstance. I want you to think about that for a moment. 10%. Getting what you want has a 10% effect on your happiness. And since you can't always get what you want, I believe it's good news that that is such a low percentage. What, what is it you want? I want that house. I want that car. I want that job. I want that boss. I want that family. If I get this, whatever it is, I'll be happy. And friends, I want to suggest to you, it is a fairy tale. It is a unicorn that you're chasing. Because when you get what you want, research shows that that 10% bump in happiness, it actually, is something that fades over time. You know, think about this, you get a new car, you get a 10% bump in happiness. And that happiness fades about as fast as the new car smell, doesn't it? I mean, it fades when you start making the monthly payments. You know, those children that you dreamed about, maybe prayed for, 10% bump. And then, (laughs) and then they start resisting and rebelling and talking back and individuating. And there's a little fade, a little fade. That new job, when you get it, what happens? 10% bump, 10% bump. I love it here. You've been there a whole day. And then in a short amount of time, what happens, that happiness begins to fade. 10% bump in happiness, that 10%, that little bitty piece, it's fleeting. It comes and goes, but it's the reality of life. So think about it, we got 50% that's nature and nurture. It's just kind of natural, you grew up and, and that helps you with happiness. You got this 10% that's about circumstance uh, and it's always fluctuating because life is always fluctuating. But here's the important part I want us to grasp, 40% that's left, that 40% of happiness is totally within our control. This 40% has to do with how you see the world and how you react to the world. And this is what I want to unpack and talk about over the next couple of weeks, that happiness is an inside job in your life. So the first thing that we have to do if we're going to be happy, if we're going to be well-adjusted, if we're going to be whole individuals, the first thing we have to do is kill the unicorn. And today, I want to kill the fairy tale. You know, people uh, pursue happiness. People are seeking pleasure in a lot of different ways in life. But what we have found in society is that people sometimes are simply trying to escape life. Some people get involved in all kinds of things to try and escape. Some people uh, live social media. Some people play games, Candy Crush, Fortnite. Some of you are going, well, I don't play those, but I play. Okay, same thing. Yeah. Some people are uh, into Netflix or Hulu. They they binge, you know, watch seven seasons of a of a show in two days. Some it's it's traveling, it's the next big thing. And then some get into the extremes of escapism, you know, drugs, drinking, pornography. Some go down the the road of illicit relationships, a lot of different roads, a lot of different roads, but at the root, if you dig under everything, people are trying to escape. What are they trying to escape? Their problems, their difficulties in, in life. It's just easier to get high than face the fact that you're deep in debt. It's easier to to party or hang out with your friends than to admit that things at home are just not going well. You know, it's easy to lose yourself in a romantic movie or to binge watch a, a series than to deal with the fact that your relationship's in trouble. And the fact is, some of you know this is an issue in your life. You know, people go to uh, counselors, they go to doctors, they, they get pills and they, they try and numb the situation, try and escape. I saw the other day there's a psychiatric uh, hotline you can call, you might wanna try it. They, they said if you're uh, uh, compulsive and, and obsessive, just keep hitting one, you know, yeah. You know. If you're codependent, you might have somebody hit two for you. Have multiple personalities hit three, four, five, and six. Paranoid, delusional, we know what you want and we're tracking you, you know. Schizophrenic, listen very carefully. That little voice will tell you what number to push. They said if you're depressed, it doesn't matter what you press. It really just doesn't matter, you know. Here's what I want to talk about. How do you enjoy life? How do you get rid of these fairy tales and start living in the real world how do you kill the unicorns and I don't mean to be negative you know but but I want us to understand something very simple here as long as you believe the social media highlights as long as you bury yourself and soak up the insta shame and the fake book that's out there As long as you're doing that, here's what happens. You start thinking, my life stinks. I wish I had that life. I wish I looked that good all the time. And I want you to remember something. It is all scripted. It's all directed. It's all staged. It's all rehearsed. It's the best of the best. You know, it's, it's posted like it's casual, like this is my life all the time. The reality, that pic that I posted, it took me 60 shots to get the one to get it there, you know. And so often what happens, people start believing in the fairy tales. They lose themselves in these fairy tales. So how do you, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of it? Well, I would suggest you have to kill the unicorn. You have to kill that unicorn if you've got a chance of achieving success, of finding happiness and contentment and all those things that you're looking for. You know, the the world defines success for us. And they say it's uh, driving a Ferrari, it's living in a fat house, that that's true success. And I wanna turn that around and say, no, true, true success has to be defined by fulfilling God's purpose in your life. I watched a uh, documentary uh, a while back and it was uh, Doctors Without Borders. And it was about this physician, in fact, a lot of physicians, but one of them, he left this really successful practice And he had all the things that I would say come with American style, success, big house, nice car, lots of toys, and he cashed it all in. He cashed it all in, and he started following a calling in him. He ended up moving to Venezuela, tiny house, no air conditioning, and he was caring for the poor. He's doing surgery for people that couldn't afford the surgeries. That's success. Our definition of success needs to be redefined, I think. And I wanna challenge you to understand God wants you to be fulfilled. God does, he wants you to be fulfilled. But it usually has very little to do with our circumstance and, and finding happiness in our circumstance. And I know some of you are pushing back a little bit because you go, well, I always get what I want and I should get what I want. And I would press you and say, you can't always get what you want. And to be blunt, if you get what you want, there is a good chance it will not be what you need in life. Kill the unicorn. You know, Jesus said this, he says, for he makes the son, he's talking about God, God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust some of you that's startling to you i mean did did you think that if you were good if you're a good christian if you're very faithful that you would never have problems did you think that I'm not even sure where we got this idea. It is a unicorn. It is not in the Bible. I believe it messes up a lot of people's lives because they buy into that. Oh, if I'm good, everything will be good. Scripture clearly states that rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Anybody love unicorns and rainbows? we forget rainbows come after the storm, don't they? Come after the rain. There are no rainbows without rain in life. You know, Billy Graham, uh, one of the greatest evangelists of the last century, he led millions to Jesus Christ. And he died about a year ago. But most people do not know that he battled for twenty-five years a very debilitating, painful, painful disease. He had hydrocephalitis, and and it forced him to retire way early. Here's a guy devoted his whole life to God. Does that sound fair to you? It doesn't to me. See, it's not based on whether we're good or not. There's only one place, only one place where you will not have problems, the cemetery. In fact, if you're alive today, if you're breathing, you will have problems. You know, Jesus said this, he says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable And assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. Jesus very clearly says this world is jacked up, it's messed up. It doesn't say, hey, I'll take away all your problems. But Jesus says, I will be with you in the midst of your problems. You can stand strong. And so the first thing I want us to get is to not be surprised when we have problems, that we should be unshakable by walking with God, but you will have problems. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to have problems. Some of you, some of you, in your mind, the thing, you, you go, oh, I wish I was wealthy so I could do anything and everything I want. And you think, you think that that would make everything great in your life. You're convinced of it. I was watching a, a piece on uh, J. Paul Getty. At the time, he was the most wealthy man in the world. His children started with more money and wealth than you and I could even imagine. You know, it's the kind of money that you dream and you think would make you really, really happy. And guess what? It ruined them, destroyed them. The very thing that you want may be the thing that'll cause you the most grief and problems in life. It just goes to show you, I think, we have no clue. We do not know what we're doing. You know, we want this. We want that. I mean, we're, we're trying to find happiness. Where? Outside sources, you know, from things. If I, if I could have that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And thank God. You ought to thank God. You don't always get what you want. But you just might get what you need in the midst of it. I mean, what do you do you do when problems come into your life? You know, James writes this. He says, consider sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenge come at you from all sides. When problems come at you, thank God. Trust God. Now, I'm not saying... Man, I'm loving these problems. These are so good. I love, I'm enjoying these. No, I'm talking about trusting and thanking God for his faithfulness in the midst of the problems, in the midst of the challenge. He says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Ouch. God says, quit trying to pray yourself out of the problem. I have a purpose in your problem. Let it do its work so you become what? Mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I wanna challenge you to view your problem as a test to be passed in your life. Some versions of that, that scripture start out and say, consider it pure joy when you face trials. I'm thinking, right? I mean, that word trial or test as it, as it is here, in the Greek, it, it can be translated several different ways. One's the idea of a problem. A difficulty, in other words, I'm really going through some tough stuff right now. It's a, it's a trial, it's a struggle. Another way that it can be translated is like a legal term, you know, a defense, a, a, a judgment, and, and you figure out you in or out, guilty, not guilty kind of thing. But the other idea is the sense of like Olympic trial. Now, I, I ran track my freshman year in high school. I ran the 440, the 880, and the long jump. I did pretty well. It wasn't great, but did pretty well, won a few events. And, and then I went to state. And I remember the 440, that was not, I was slow in the 440. And the guy that I lined up next to, I mean, this guy's got like a beard, you know, and the other guy, he looked, he's just huge. He's just huge. And, and so basically, these two guys, it was men among boys, you know. And these two guys blew the field away. I mean, honestly, it was humiliating how badly we got beat. What if, what if after running the 440, I ran over to the officials and said, hey, hey, uh, could I get a ribbon anyway? I'm a really nice guy. Isn't that what we do? I mean, some of you, you you don't realize it, but you're doing it in a lot of different areas of your life. Why didn't I get that promotion? I'm a nice person. Oh, okay, so you thought being a nice person gets you a promotion. You didn't think it was about uh, leadership or talent or discipline or work ethic. Hey, imagine, imagine for a moment. So I go over to the official, they give me the ribbon and I advance, I get to go to nationals. I'm even gonna lose worse, I mean, if that's possible. And then imagine, after I get done running, college recruiter comes over and goes, man, you're slow. I mean, you're really slow, but, but you're a nice guy, and so we would like to offer you a full ride track scholarship to our university. And so imagine I keep getting passed along until finally one day, Olympic trial, which I run really, 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 really slow. And the judges, for some reason, go, you know what? You're really slow, but you're a great guy, you're in. I get to represent the United States of America at the Olympics. I get to run against the fastest people in the world. How do you think that's gonna turn out? it will be like watching the first episode of American Idol, you know. You'd be going, what is he doing? Who ever told him he could run? This is ridiculous. Friends, maybe, maybe the trial is actually qualifying you for the next level. I mean, that's a different way of looking at it, isn't it? Oh, so you have a purpose in my problems, God. There's a real purpose in these problems, Some of you wish you had the corner office, don't you? You wish you ran the whole division, but you can't even get along with your two coworkers. Friends, do you know what you're asking for? You wanna oversee the entire company and all the coworkers, really? Friends, the truth is the next level Anytime you step up in life, you're going to face the next devil in your life. You're going to face a new challenge. You're going to face more problems when you go to that next level. And I want to give you two tests that you have to be able to pass if you're going to advance in life and enjoy life. And the first one is you have to pass a pressure test. Now, I was thinking about the, the band this morning. The fact is, nobody thinks about it, but they're under pressure all the time. Every week, they gotta get up here and bring it. You know, they they work hard, they prepare, they practice, they go through all the things, but the fact is, pressure, pressure's always a part of it. It's always a part of it. You know, I have colleagues, they'll catch me once in a while and go, man, if I was at your church, I'd love ministry. I'd love to be in your church and do ministry there. And I love this church, and I love leading. But there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot on the line every week. You know, trying to keep ministries rolling, trying to keep things growing, trying to keep people that that are depending on us providing for them, providing support and guidance. You know, I think about the the staff and their families depending on, you know, ministries that, that we support. They depend on us. You know, there's all the financial demands, you know, power bills, repairs. I mean, mortgage alone, $14,000 a month. It's pressure. And, And here's the point. Whatever you do, whatever it is you want, whatever it is that you're dreaming about, the reality is if you take a really close look, whatever it is that you're wanting, if you're gonna advance, it requires dealing with more pressure. In life, I mean, let's just say you go, I want a bigger house and I want to live in that neighborhood. That's a pretty common thing I hear from people. Well, that bigger house comes with a bigger mortgage, bigger utility bills, more taxes, more upkeep. Pressure goes up. Then you get in the neighborhood, and guess what? You move into the neighborhood, and you start looking around, and you go, wow, everybody's got nice lawns in this neighborhood, and they got nice stuff outside. My lawn doesn't look so good. More pressure. You get this, right? You understand this? Pressure comes as we advance, Whatever it is that you're wanting, whatever it is that, that you are, are desiring in your life, pressure, more pressure is a given. It's just the way it is. You've got to pass the pressure test. You've got to. The psalmist says this. God, God says, call me when troubles come. I will help you and you will honor me. God I can't do this on my own. And God says, yeah, I know that. (laughs) You're right. You can't do it on your own. And in fact, I've allowed these problems. But I will bless you when you pass the test. But you got to trust me. Some of you are under pressure, right? Some of you don't know what to do. Trust. God. God knows what to do. God will guide you. God will, will give you the strength, but you've got to pass the pressure test. You've got to pass it. And the, the other test, and this is a difficult one, and it's a people test. You know, Jeremiah 17 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. You notice it doesn't say trust in people, right? Trust in God. What you find sometimes when you you ever trusted in people before? I mean, how'd that work out? I mean, we have all been there, haven't we? Where you you trusted someone. I mean, they, they could lie so eloquently. You trusted them and they failed. Some of you, you, you have a resume that honestly looks like a uh, job wanted ad. You know, It's just job after job after job after job after job. Well, I left that job because they're all jerks at that job. Yeah, I left that. They were all bozos there. All the bosses were idiots at the job I worked at. Well, heads up, they're everywhere in life. They're everywhere. There is no job where they do not exist. You know, some of you may be new around here. You left your last church. They were all hypocrites. And so you're kind of checking things out and you're wondering if there are hypocrites around here. I will save you time. There are lots of hypocrites. We are all hypocrites. And you're one too. You know, welcome to Faith Fellowship. <laughs> I heard a, a story a while back, this guy who got shipwrecked and uh, ends up stranded on this island for several years. And so finally the uh, Coast Guard, they found him and reporters flew in to the area. They wanted to interview him, and one of the reporters that was talking and interviewing him said he he noticed there were three huts, and so he's asking him about the huts, and the guy said, well, I I, I live in that hut over there. Said, that's my my home, and he goes, well, what's that other one for? And he goes, well, that's my church. And uh, he said, oh, cool, that's kind of interesting. You build a church, and he said, well, what's the other one? He said, that's the church I used to go to, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean it's it's incredible how easily we get hurt these days. The real people test is: can you move forward when you get hurt, or will when when you're in that situation and you get hurt, it's okay to mourn that. It's okay to hurt. God gave you emotions, and God expects those emotions to to work in our life. We don't take our feelings and stuff them down. I'm not suggesting that. You gotta deal with stuff. But the real people test is can you forgive? Can you open your heart back up and trust again and move forward? And I know some of you are thinking right now, you're going, "Uh, if I do, I'm just gonna get burned again. Yep, you will. And this may shock you, but you've burned a few people too. We all have. The fact is, we are in life together. And we got to work this stuff out together. You know, some, some of you are looking for a work environment where you won't get hurt. It's a fairy tale. Some of you are looking for a church where you won't get hurt. Some of you are looking for a relationship where you won't get hurt. You know, some of you want a marriage where you won't get hurt. It is a fairy tale. Stop believing the fairy tale, kill the unicorn in your life. You have to pass the pressure test. You have to pass the people test. There is gonna be pain in life. You're gonna get hurt along the way and you gotta trust people again. I do not know anyone who's still angry and doesn't trust anybody that's happy. Be careful who you trust. That's a smart thing. But trusting no one is not the answer. It's not the answer. Isaiah writes this, God's speaking. You won't be disappointed if you trust me. Trust in God, trust in God. God will not disappoint you. Sometimes you don't get along with people. People will hurt you. That's normal. It's part of life. Anybody needed to hear this this morning? Yeah. Uh, anybody know someone that's not here that should have heard this this morning? Yeah. Here, here's what I want to encourage you to invite People. And It breaks my heart, people come up afterwards, oh man, I wish so-and-so, yeah. invite them. See, our goal as a church is to take as many people to heaven as we possibly can. And it's to grow in our faith. We grow in our faith by being here regularly. See, that's something you need to do. Worshiping, you know, serving, studying. And we reach people for Jesus Christ by inviting saying, hey, why don't you come with me? Deuteronomy, this is the children, children of Israel, says, remember the long way the Lord your God has led you, these 40 years in the wilderness, in order to humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether or not you could keep his commandments. The Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt, and when they were freed, they end up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, the, the trip, if they had went straight from Egypt to the Promised Land, should have taken a few weeks, maybe maybe a month. But because their hearts weren't right, because they weren't prepared, they weren't mature, God let them wander around in the wilderness lap after lap after lap after lap, 40 years until they were prepared for the next step. And and here's the sad thing, if you read the story carefully, you find out most of them never made it to the promised land. Most of them spent their life in the wilderness and died in the wilderness. Why? They never passed the test. Those that made it to the promised land? I mean, it it must have been amazing because when I read the description, it's found in the the eighth chapter of Deuteronomy. I'd encourage you, you might read that chapter for your devotions this week. But there's a little line in there and God says, it was a land where you lack nothing. Nothing. And some of you just hearing that, you go, man, I'd love to lack nothing. I wish I lacked in nothing. I do not know how long you've been waiting for something. I don't know how long you've been dealing with some problem, but I bet it hasn't been 40 years. And here's where I want to go with this and kind of bring it together. The bigger the promise, the bigger the testing. Now, don't misunderstand me because I know how people are. I'm not suggesting that you lower your expectations in life. All right? We clear on that? And yes, I've been talking about killing unicorns, killing the fairy tale, But friends, when it it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your career, when it comes to your spiritual walk, when it comes to those dreams, go for it. Go for it, think big. But do not go for a perfect marriage, a perfect career. Get out of the fairy tale thinking and get into the real world. What does a great marriage look like in the real world? What does a great career look like in the real marketplace? What, what does a great walk with God look like in a real church? Again, it's not about lowering your expectations, but it's bringing a little reality to what your expectations are. know the bottom line whatever it is you dream if God put it on your heart you should pursue it and friends I I was thinking about my own life and I've seen it throughout scripture It, it whatever that dream is it will cost you more than you think it will take you longer to get there than you think and it will be harder Than you think. But here's the great part. It is going to be more rewarding than you can possibly imagine. It's going to be harder than you think to have a great marriage. It's going to be harder than you think to have that great career. It's going to take you longer to reach that goal. To turn that relationship around. To get out of debt but it will be way more rewarding than you can possibly imagine when you get there. See, change, happiness, inside job, friends. You will always have problems, but it's how you face the problems. You don't always get what you want. But you might, just might, possibly get exactly what you need in life. We'll pick this up next week. Let, let's stand for a word of prayer. there would be prayer teams down front uh, if you want had maybe something this week that you just need some people to pray with you. Um, but I challenge you, challenge you to make sure you're here next week. Well, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you God I don't know what uh, dreams you're stirring in people's lives and I don't know what problems people are facing today but God I pray that uh, they'd maybe see those problems in a new light God they'd rise to the occasion whatever the test is that they need to pass that um, they'd accept that that they'd get about trying to overcome with your help. God, we know you have a plan for our lives. God, I pray you would make that clear that you would um, have us pursue the things that really matter, that will bring that fulfillment, that happiness. God, we uh, seek your guidance today, your strength. God, we give you the glory and the praise with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, let's worship.